All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's time for the Wally and the Thought Show, presented by sportsinteraction.com. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show, everybody. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. If we're a little bit slower today, it's because we were overserved by a shirtless guy wearing a bike helmet in a bar last night. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. I woke up this morning, Wally, like it was like 630 and I'm like, you know, like crawling out of bed. Kids just woke up. And I, I've got a video of Brady behind the bar. And what was he wearing? Was he wearing like a... What do you have on? I'm gonna have to look at it again. Something I, insane with the and he was rocking yeah. the bike helmet, and the glasses. So good on Brady Kachuk, by the way. If you haven't seen it, it's on Twitter. Brady Kachuk is serving oh, last funny. night. I'm assuming uh, that's the year end party or after yeah. party uh, that the boys had, as they always do before they venture out uh, to parts. Of yeah, home. and and we're not we're not trying to act like TMZ here. I mean, this is no. this is common. This is common every year with every team with a lot of players. Guys are just having a very good time and they're interacting with fans. So let's be clear. There's nothing unprofessional about it. In my opinion, we need way more of that. It's great. But he's interacting with fans. He's having a good time. He's not saying no to the camera or no to pictures. I, I, I love that. Here's my concern though, Matt. He just signed a new deal and now he's already had to take a part-time job to make ends meet. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if he had to share tips with everybody at the end of the night, but <laughs> you imagine the tips. It looked, Oh, that'd be great. It looked like they were at Matty. It's a restaurant on Elgin. That's my guess. It, it was like a, a nice restaurant there. And uh, I know the, 
the manager there's a great guy takes care of the players so i'm assuming that's where they were at but it looked like a good time i'm jealous I, yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to get to Brady. One more thing in a sec. Uh, today's show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought for the most competitive live daily odds. Uh, by the way, all their Stanley Cup odds are up, obviously, as they start to begin the playoffs tonight on the Monday. Um, we'll follow it through. At the end of the show, <laughs> Meth's already excited. We're going to pick our first round winners and our eventual Stanley Cup champion. I'm sure Meth mm-hmm. has something to say. Um, back to Brady Kachuk for a sec. Uh, So I meant to bring this up to him the other day when he was on, and I and I totally forgot because I'm old. Is if he was in Toronto, New York, I'll say all the big markets, Boston, Philadelphia, he would be a commercial success. He would be everywhere. And and I think it's it's disappointing, or I don't know what the word is, but it's disappointing, I guess, to see that the Brady doesn't get the kind of attention here in Ottawa. Like I think he should be on almost every commercial in this city. He is a fantastic. Uh, person to have around he's a spokesman that you probably want for your company and that's one of the arguments Matt, <laughs> that we'll get to later in the show about free agents coming here is it's yeah. it's a wasteland when it comes to all this commercial endorsement stuff afterwards like Sidney right. Crosby makes more in endorsements right and 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 Austin Matthews and Alex Ovechkin all these guys I think Brady could be in that type of at stratosphere if he were being a big market so are we going to talk about this later do you want me to unpack now like it's up to you oh let's do it Okay, well, whatever. It's not a big deal. I just, I was going to say, so when Dion Phaneuf came to Ottawa after the trade, and I was already friends with D, you know, we, we had played at the World Championship, so I was pretty familiar with him and, and, and friendly, and um, I would grill him all the time about Toronto and just the different experiences, because I was not very familiar with, with playing in a big market. Now, granted, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a different animal altogether. It's like hockey yeah. mecca, maybe outside of Montreal, so... Um, but he would always talk about the endorsement deals and, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't just go out there and gloat about them or, or, you know, I, I would have to kind of get, you know, get it out of him. Um, but the money out there that's available for players, and I'm not just talking about star players, I'm talking Jason about role Spezza players on t- is doing a sonnet <laughs> commercial. I know, I know the, the money and, and it's not exclusive to Toronto. There are other cities, a lot of other cities that do this too. Edmonton's another one, Montreal, yep. where, the amount of money some of these players make outside of their salaries is insane. You know, so you mentioned Brady Kachuk, such a marketable player. I mean, yes. the personality and he backs it up on the ice, right? He scores goals. Yes. He's your captain. He fights, he hits, he does whatever. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, I, I feel like this team's going to take a big step forward here very soon as we all know. And um, you know, I, I, I can't think of a better player to, to lead the helm. So I think at some point over the next couple of years, Hopefully there's some more opportunities for these Ottawa Senator guys because they deserve it, particularly a guy like Brady. I just never understand uh, Ottawa because I believe the last commercial I think I've ever seen with a player, and I'm going to be obviously wrong, perhaps. It's weird. Is Jason Spetz's Jubilee Fine Jeweler or whatever it was, right? Like they're never, they're never used in local commercial. um, I don't get it. I don't don't understand. And and so one of the comments, I and we'll, we're going to be way off topic here. So one of the comments is from Pierre Dorian uh, at the year end presser was attracting free agents, right? And you and I have talked about this before attracting free agents to Ottawa and the struggles that come with coming to Canada, right. which I think is overblown when it comes to Ottawa, because coming to Ottawa is not like going to Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. It's a very quiet media base here in Ottawa. I would, that yeah, it I, it, it's very small. So I, I think that that's a, an excuse that doesn't hold water, but all the other stuff, and so taxes and all that, you need to find free agents that will come here. 
I, commercial endorsements would be a huge one if I if if that were me. If I'm not like if you're a high end player and you're making six figures in a commercial endorsement somewhere else, that's a big drop. If you're just coming to play at hockey in Ottawa, yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, it's the same story that we seem to want talk about all the time. And when we're talking about attracting free agents, right. And it's, what do you have to offer that that other teams don't? Well, yeah. and I'm not going to get into it because I love this city, obviously. And I love the team. Um, but I mean, when you're not necessarily a great hockey team and you're already in a small market like Ottawa, that's, you know, as, as we all know, we pay taxes up the rear here to play here in comparison to these other cities. I mean, it's not, it doesn't make it very attractive, but yeah. The one thing Ottawa has now, finally, is a nice young core that's progressing and 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 like significant. This isn't just us blowing smoke up the team's butt. Like this is legitimately a very exciting time for the organization. And I think everyone's a little apprehensive to get too excited because we know they're like right there, and you just don't want the team to screw this up, right? You want them to make this work. So, you know, I, I think they're going to be just fine. But um, with the, with all these young players right now, it couldn't be a more exciting time to be following the team. Uh, fair enough. By the way, it's an exciting time. Perhaps crack open a Whitewater beer. Uh, as always, uh, <laughs> show brought to you by Whitewater Beer. Just go to shopwhitewater.ca. Use the Walling the Thought coupon code, which is wham-funkyfresh. Get 15% off. Uh, and you can use it for the Funky Fresh. Or they have a new one out. It's called uh, North and South. It's very good. It's got some different uh, flavors from like New Zealand uh, and, I don't know, Norway or whatever it is. I can't read the can at the moment. But... Uh, very good it's it's fresh nice. i like it um okay that's at shopwhitewater.ca brewed by friends for friends the official beer of the hockey hall of fame which i guess should have been our sponsor for the entire daniel alfredson episode um mm. we'll move on now to yesterday and all the talks surrounding pierre dorian let's just get the quote out of the way because it seemed to be the biggest news of the day uh tsn 1200 quoted pierre dorian by saying we won't be spending to the top of the cap unless we sell out all 41 games. Well, that caused a little bit of a stir on the old social media machine. Um, they left out some other stuff, but one of the things that they took out the context of it and, and Pierre Dorian, who likes to do at press conferences, which I think he should stop. I think he's a terrible person to have at press conferences because he likes to make jokes and thinks it's funny to make light of stuff. That's what caused the problem. Um, however, him saying that we need to sell out 41 home games is not exactly how the quote went, but it's also partially what he actually means because they're not going to be spending to the cap. But if they sold out, if they had an entire season ticket base of 10,000 and sold out 41 games, we'd probably be in a different financial situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Were you, um, so what do you make of the comment? Well, you obviously, so you, you're, Wally, so you had, you had an issue with it, I'm assuming, right? Like at least the quote itself, you had a problem with, right? Well, so if you take the, the quote on Twitter as saying, you know, it's an ultimatum to the fans. That wasn't what it was, but they do. It is a subtle shot that, that we want fans in the stands. There's no question. Yeah. That's a subtle shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, well, I, when I first read the quote, cause it, it was, it was weird. Cause I didn't know they were even doing a press conference, right? Like I found out once uh 1200 on Twitter just started pumping out all these quotes and I'm thinking like, Oh, okay. I guess Pierre's doing a presser right now. Um, so I didn't have time to actually sit down and watch it. So at first I, I saw the quote and I'm thinking like, oh man, but there had to be more to it um, just because I can't imagine Pierre just taking a shot at the fan base. And then of course, all the people that were really angry initially sort of retracted a little bit, right? Like I still think, I still think Pierre probably woke up thinking like, oh, maybe I should have worded that differently. I think I understood what he meant. 
I think he's basically saying, you know, like we're willing to spend a little bit more money if it makes our team better, but are we going to spend the cap? Like probably like it's a small market team, right? So he's saying we'll spend the cap if we happen to sell out all 41 games, but otherwise he's like, we just, we just physically can't do that. We don't have the money to do it. Right. So that's how, that's how I interpreted it afterwards when I read the entire quote and saw the presser. Um, But like I said, he probably regretted the way he worded it because as a, as a personality, as you know, Wally, like anything that comes out of your mouth, people can adjust and, and cut up at any certain point. So you can't give the media, especially if you're like an executive or you're a general manager, you can't give them that kind of ammunition. So um, again, I don't think he meant that in a bad way. It just probably came out poorly. And I think for me, I, I totally understand. I'm like, you can't expect this team to spend to the cap when they've been averaging 9,000 fans for most of the season. I mean, it's just yeah, not no, going to no. happen. I completely agree. And you can't sell it all 41 games till the end of the year. Cause not all 41 games, the tickets are on sale at the beginning of the year. Right. So again, um, the quote, the problem I have with Pierre Dorian doing this stuff is he says it all the time. He says dumb stuff all the time. So it ends up at least once every presser. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, when he made the comment about even Wayne Gretzky got traded when he was talking about Eric Carlson years ago. Sure. So, Everybody blew it up and was like, how can he say this? And, and so I, here's how this all played out. I went in the next day and asked to speak to Eric Carlson because Eric wasn't talking at the time and said, I'd like to speak to Eric about this. And they're like, he's not talking. Like, <laughs> I'd like to speak to Pierre Dorian. And they're like, well, he's not commenting. He spoke today on the radio. That's all he's got to say. I was like, okay. So I have to now go in the room and ask other players about the comment because now these players are somewhat sour hearing that. Eric Carlson is likely to be traded based on a flippant comment by the general manager who thought he was being funny at the time. The next day, or no, no, later that day, the three insiders at TSN, Bob McKenzie, Pierre Dorian, and Darren Drager all got a text saying, if Brent Wallace doesn't stop asking questions about trading Eric Carlson to my players, I'm basically going to go stop talking to you. He said, use the term, I'm going to go dark. And it was just before the trade deadline. So he threatened to cut off all access if I didn't stop asking questions. So Pierre Dorian, the issue I have, he's too sensitive and he says too many dumb things when he comes to pressers. He's been given media training and he still can't handle it. I don't want to see him at pressers. It doesn't do a service to this organization. Mm, Those are some strong words. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about his ethics because I'm obviously not aware of all the yep. little things that he's doing behind the scenes, of course, but um, yeah, there's some, there are times where um, he can be very emotionally invested and it's visible in his, in his interviews, right? Like you can tell that he's passionate and he takes things very personally if they don't go the right way or whatever. So, I mean, I get it. I'm, I, it's not a job that I am. I would want ever in my life. Right. I mean, it's you're the amount of scrutiny that you're under on a daily basis, but it's the job and it's the position that he has right now. So you're entitled to want to ask questions. It's a sports business. It's entertainment. It's not that deep. And you're, you are entitled to having answers. And I understand that. So I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I get it. So you're basically saying Wally that you don't like how Pierre handles some of these press conferences, because oftentimes he'll say something that's a little insensitive or might come across the wrong way. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah. 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 He just says stuff. Yeah. That's this doesn't like, don't make jokes about it. He used to walk in the stands. And I think it was like in his first year, maybe second year. He's like, who has more, which 29th place team has more fun than we do. I'm like, this is not a time to be joking about where you're sitting in the, in the standings. And I, and so he, on one side and go, well, we're just trying to have a little fun around here. It's just hockey. Maybe, but to a lot of people, it's their livelihoods. 
and they don't take mm -hmm. it as funny when they're 29th in the league. And right. that's an issue. So it also filters out into the public, into ticket sales when you sit 29th. So all that stuff, don't make light of where you're at and try to be a little more professional than making jokes and talking about your girlfriend every time you're at a press conference. He acts oh. like a child at press conferences. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Why don't, don't we move, move on? on? <laughs> yeah, I don't. This is not, this feels Get, personal. I'm not doing this. So uh, when it comes to DJ Smith, where do you rate his performance uh, that he's had basically over the last three years? Is he the guy I, that you see leading this team into the postseason? I mean, there. when a team is like, if this is the way I look at it, Wally, when, when a team is going through a rebuild and you've got a very young core, particularly a year ago or two years ago, um, you, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And from a fan's perspective watching, you're going to be very critical of decisions at times, right? Roster moves, certain players. Um, and that's that's to be expected. You know, like Zaitsev for me has been a head scratcher that I can only assume and imagine that DJ had a big role in that because he was familiar coaches tend to lean towards what they know and familiarity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a good example of that. When I went to Dallas, right. When I got picked up by Dallas, I Ken Hitchcock was the coach there. Um, you know, Jason Spezza was there. So Jim Neal had people to talk to before going after me. And so this is no exception with, with DJ. So you can, you can nitpick a couple decisions that he's made and be very critical of that. Maybe you could blame the GM on some of those moves as well. Maybe it's both. But for me, the biggest thing that I'm going to look at is how are the players responding to the coach, right? Like, I think the biggest indicator usually is in the dressing room. It isn't what we, us outsiders, um, you know, how us outsiders feel. So the team's responding to him. They seem to like playing under him. Um, you know, he's probably a fairly good communicator with the group. They have respect for him. Um, I think right now is the time to be critical. I think right now going into next season in September, excuse me, in October will be the time to be very critical. We, we, we can be critical now, of course, but I think now that they have an opportunity to really look at their lineup, it's more clear now than it ever has been as far as mm -hmm. what kind of changes you want to make, right? There's two holes. You've got a hole in the second line up front. You've got a hole in the top four, maybe top five on defense. You fill those two holes, it should help. Now, I know we're going to get into this, Wally, and I don't want to kind of just cover everything, so I'll go to you in a second. I think for me, with DJ in particular, I'm, I'm satisfied with the job that he's done so far. Could there have been better decisions made along the way at times? Yes. I think that would apply to just about any coach. You know, no coach is perfect. But I'm going to look at the group. They seem to respond well for him. They seem to respect him. That makes me happy. I think you have a short leash going into next year. Maybe, maybe not a short leash. I shouldn't word it that way. I think you got to give them the benefit right now. See how the team starts off next season. If it's an, if it's a colossal fail again, then you can start looking at the GM and coach very critically. Cause that'll have been three years in a row with a terrible start. Okay. I was just going to ask this question. So each of the last two years, they've started basically five wins in their first 20 games. Yep. Yep. Uh, who do you, there's reasons so for that. Okay, so who's at fault for this? Yeah, well, the number one right now is your goaltending. Your goaltending was a colossal cluster F-bomb. I mean, you had nobody, right? And you didn't have Forsberg. He wasn't there in his emergence. You had Matt Murray last year. That was a disaster for the most part. Um, 
being a number one guy making six or whatever he's making. I mean, six he had to be much better. And yeah, we have to be honest. And I like yep. her. I've met him. Um, his agent is one of my close friends. You know, I went on a vacation with him a couple months ago. So I hear enough, but his agent doesn't tell me very much in fairness. But in any case, the biggest, the biggest issue for me was goaltending because without a goalie, you're pooched. <laughs> you can't win games. Yep. You know, they're supposed, they're supposed to be there to steal hockey games for you occasionally when the team's not, not that sharp. They never got that. They finally started getting that consistency after Christmas in Forsberg's emergence. And it's just stabilized the group. Now they weren't perfect. They still have much more. Like I'm looking at their lineup here and I know we're going to get into it. I mean, they're very <laughs> thin still a couple injuries to this lineup is disastrous. Right? Yes. Like you look yes. at what happens. That's so, how thin they are. And they know that this is no secret. This is not me being me being hypocritical, but I think the biggest turnaround for me, at least aside from, you know, the, the nice changes like Stutzla and Formanton and all the emergence of some of these players, goaltending was the biggest factor in the lack of success early on. Okay. Uh, let's just go to the lineup. Uh, Craig, throw sure. up the lineup when you have a sec is um, if we look at that hole in the second line. All right. So we'll say second line, right winger. You, you said there's only one hole at forward, and I completely disagree. Because well, yeah, even okay, DJ alluded to Mark Kastelik as perhaps needing another year in the minors. I don't see Parker Kelly, Mark Kastelik being on the same line to start this year. I could be wrong. But I, yeah, I still think okay. uh, if I'm not sold that Alex Formanton at the moment is a top six forward. I know he had 18 goals. I know he played well at times. There was also stretches he didn't. Uh, yep. Where does Matthew Joseph fit in? Yes, he there's no question he's a third line guy is he potentially a second line guy maybe but i'm not sure about that i think math and i'm this is i'm dead serious on this there is one person on that roster that will not be in the lineup come next september that we've already penciled in i think there's going to be moves in order to bring in someone that's a free agent or a through a trade to be a top six winger that's going to have to move somebody off that roster okay so who do you okay all right. Here's so who, who I do you think. See? Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm gonna. I'm not. This isn't trying to be a hot take. I can see Alex Formanton or Matthew Joseph being moved, and perhaps Connor Brown. But I, I could see that too. Uh, hey, it's funny. Brown, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. I just think before, Connor Brown to me is a is the unsung hero on that forward group. He doesn't get the attention. He leads them all in ice time. Always. He's always gets to be filled in. You can put him in the one to four lines. He can, right. can potentially score 20 goals. I know this year well, wasn't funny. You best. say that it's funny. You say that Wally, because yesterday yeah. same thought process as you, I thought I was sitting down, like writing all these notes and half the time I don't use half of them, but I was looking at some of the players, as you just mentioned, and I look at Formington as well. That's another yes. good example where I'm thinking like, you could probably move him. I don't, I love the player. Like I, this like, but yeah, and this, is, about this is almost, yeah, it's not about that. It's just where it's just about where you fit in the lineup. And when you start, piling in all these third line type players, you know, that lack maybe a little finish like Formanton, Joseph, Joseph might not be, I might be wrong about Joseph. I, I quite frankly, haven't seen him play enough yeah. to like, cause you know, I, I still, I'm still in the belief you, you end up on a newer in a new organization during the season, you're going to be on fire for a couple yeah. weeks because you're just running on adrenaline. It's the same. Uh, you know, anytime you trade a player, you saw that with Nick Paul, when he went to Tampa, same thing, you're just Close playing your out room. of your mind. Cause you're trying to survive closure. Like this is a real thing. I, I've experienced it. So I could see a, like you have, look at all these third line kind of guys you have on this team, right? Like, yes. and, and so, you know, you're like, God, 
Formanton, um, Joseph, you can make an argument there. Like there's, there's a lot of guys that are like those role types that have emerged a little bit, but they've emerged a little bit because maybe they were getting a lot more ice time. You know, yeah. they, they were giving, given exactly. an opportunity with some good players and they were able to, but my concern is guys like Matthew Joseph, guys like Alex Formanton, is that sustainable for a full season? Like, are you a legitimate second line forward? That's the question mark that I have. So I'm not disagreeing with you, Wally. Like with Tim Stutzla slotted in on that second line center, yeah. who are his wingers? Like who, cause you, uh, uh, he's going to be a special player. He needs at least a legitimate top six forward to play with right on that right or left Agreed. side. So who's he going to play with? I mean, that's, that's why I think guys like Pierre Dorian and, and, and DJ were when asked about their roster or expectations for next season, I think a lot of it is we just don't know what we have yet. Yes. Ask us and uh, like, and that's in fairness yes. to them. We could be critical of their jobs, but how do they know? They have no idea. Like this, you, this lineup might look significantly different in September at training camp. Exactly. And if you want to make a trade to get a player to come in, cause you can't oh, do it via free agency, you need to send a good warm body. You got to send somebody. So that's, yeah. I, I just think there's going to be potentially like three moves and you know, that we don't see coming. Yeah. That'll, that'll ultimately alter and, this lineup. And we see it and every year. And to Pierre's year. credit, to Pierre's credit, he's not shy to make moves. No. Like, he'll make moves. I just hope, I just, and this is, because, again, I got to defend him a little bit. Like, he's, I'm sure there's been some constraints when it comes to the financial stuff, right? So that affects your free agency. That affects who you're going after. That affects who you're able to bring back in. So I'm hoping they make a good splash this summer. And that'll just answer all the questions. That way, Pierre and, and company can't say, well, you know, like at least they can say, I should say, at least we did something this summer. We got the good player. So if there are injuries that happen next season early on, or if there is a lack of success, he can say he's done his job. But I'd love those 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 open-ended question marks to get answered so that yeah. people don't have those excuses. Like, well, you guys didn't do anything this summer. So what do you right. expect? We're going to be critical. You've just lost five of your first games. Like, you know, so I'm hoping they do that, but there's some players. I still don't know where they slot in. Like I'm looking at players like Gambrell, Gaudette, like, I don't know where they fit. Like, Tierney's obviously gone. Castellick, I think, is going to be back. I think they haven't – I think that I think that, that was a carefully worded statement by the, the team because they don't want him to think that his job's been handed to him. He's a centerman, big responsibility. I get that they don't want him playing seven to nine minutes a game or whatever it is in his developmental years. But at the same time, if he's NHL ready and that's going to be his role, I don't, I don't foresee – Mark Kastelik being a second line centerman, he's going no. to be a role type player for his career. Probably that's a great thing. It's not an insult. I think he's ready. I think he can. I think he's, he's responsible in his own end. He's pretty good on draws. He's strong. He can defend himself. I don't see a reason why they don't have him next games. year. I, 82 yeah, I, games. It's, 80, it's 82 games to, totally. And, but I think a play like you lot, we saw Parker Kelly. I'm comfortable with him and Parker Kelly on the same line. I just don't know where Austin Watson fits. That's going to be my concern. Austin I love the Watson way he had 10 this. goals. I know. I know that. But I watched him play a lot throughout the year. I thought his game really looked great toward the end of the season there. He was yeah. playing very physical. But but so are you going to have a line of Parker Kelly, Mark Kastelik, and Austin Watson on the right side? I guess you could. That'd be a nightmare to play against. I just hope that they can kind of keep it together and play, you know, intelligent enough for 82 games. That's going to be my issue with that line. I to and I totally agree. I anyway. think the issue is is consistency on a nightly yeah. basis. And this is not a shot at Mark Kastelik. We've seen it. Tim Stutzler went through it. This is not a shot at any particular player. It is right. a tough grind to play 82 games at the National Hockey League level when you're not used to it. You have to right. assimilate yourself into that environment.
Yeah. And he, and he plays hard minutes. Like you can't play a fourth line role and not play hard minutes, regardless of how many they are. Agreed. Agreed. So, so I think, I think the top line in closing here for this topic, at least, I think we can both agree top line is fine. I don't want, I I like Batherson. I want Batherson playing with Norris and Kachuk. I don't want to separate them. I like them together. I think you're right, Wally, to your point from earlier, maybe, maybe a player or two for sure. One player, I two is unrealistic. They're not going after two top six guys, No, but definitely, definitely one top six this summer. I think it's a must. Like I looked at some of the free agents that were available and I'm trying to think like, and I'm trying to think, you know, without the sense bias that I carry, of course, you know, you guys like there's a, you know, Forsberg's out there. Rust is another free agent, obviously Fiala. There's a couple guys I'm trying to think that are realistic acquisitions because I'm not going to go for the big heavy hitters. They would just want to win. They're not coming to a rebuild team in Ottawa. So you have to, that's, you have to separate yourself from that, right? I, that's a lot of money though. Like Kevin yeah. Fiala is not Peter, uh, Peter Forsberg. Philip Forsberg is not cheap. Oh no. Forsberg's not coming here. I know that he's staying. So, first of all, he's not coming. He's not going from Nashville, a sellout barn in Tennessee on no state tax <laughs> on a winning team, no less. And signing in Ottawa. Like, so people I, need to get that out of their minds right away. I was I just think, throwing a couple random free agents out there. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I appreciate it. I just think it's going to have to be a trade. I think they're going to have to, like, almost I think force right. the player to come here. If that Other, makes sense. Because, yeah, it's not beneficial for Ottawa to throw the kitchen sink at somebody through no. free agency. It's just it's too much money. With all the pending guys that they need to sign, it's just, well, I don't see it happening. Anyway. So let's okay. switch to the D. Uh, speaking of people on the move, uh, how about Boyd moving? Want better pay? More respect? And more job security, it's time to move to Boyd Moving. Uh, if you're an experienced mover, truck driver, just hardworking go-getter who wants rewarding work, then it's time to turn your job into a career. Apply today at boydcareers.ca. Boyd Moving. We keep Ottawa moving. You know what would be a fun time, the three of us, would be if you, myself, and Bobby Ryan were movers for a day. No, How do you think that would play fun. out? Why is that? No, it's not fun at all. I don't want to do that. I, <laughs> the I two of you would like, stuff me in a box and tape me up somewhere. Yeah, that's, that would be fun. And then I'd leave <laughs> and go grab a beer somewhere or something. But yeah, I mean, that's not not my style. Anyway, no, I, I get it. But no, not it, happening. It'd be fun. All right. Um, okay, so on the blue line. <laughs> yep. Which, which typically takes up about a third of our entire show, every show. Yeah, uh, we won't go too long, don't worry. So let's just say... Thomas Shabbat and Artem Zub are the top D pair next year. I don't even, I still don't believe that that's going to be the case. I, like where do all these people fit in? So, and I well, mean, all these people, Holden, Zaitsev, Hamannick, Thompson, Delzato. Like I understand Thompson doesn't have to be there. Brandstrom, they have to resign or I guess they don't, but they will obviously uh, Holden. And then you got Jake Sanderson, who again, now he's back in a cast for six more weeks with his wrist. Um, this is a blue line. Of, uh, of unanswered questions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I want Shabbat. Shabbat should be playing with Zub. I, I think, I mean, you could split them up when you're thin and there are injuries, but the way they play together and how complimentary Zub is, you want to get the most out of your all-star stallion defenseman back yeah. there, right? Like if you, if you got Thomas Shabbat in his prime at the moment, you need to f- take full advantage of, of that. And he'll be far more productive. Give him Zub. Let him play with Zub. Figure okay. out, figure out your bottom four from there, right? So, you know, I, Holden is a, is a lock for me in the lineup. I know he slowed down a little at the end of the season, but we don't know what players are dealing with and the struggles that are going on in the room. I like his game. He's reliable. 
that leaves the second pairing open right now. And the second pairing for me, assuming Sanderson comes in, it's this is all a bet, right? Like we're all just projecting, but we don't know for sure what he's going to look like at the NHL level. Right. But if he is, if he if he is as good as everybody says he is, then after training camp, I'm assuming he'll be on that left side on the second pairing. He's going to get ten games regardless. Like. Right, 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 right. So, so give him, give him, and, and it's, and he has time now, right? He's, he's, he's unfamiliar with most of these yeah. players. So you bring in a free agent or a, a, another defenseman through trade, you put him with him, a top five, a top five defenseman. It doesn't need to be a top two or a top four, a player that's competent enough to go up and down the ice with them and can keep up and just pass them the puck. You know what I mean? So yes, I'm making it sound pretty easy. I'm oversimplifying it, but bring in a top four. So again, back to the old story that we always talk about. Top six up front, top four on D. And then on the bottom pairing, on the bottom pairing with Holden on the right side, it'll be a dog fight. You've got Thompson, you got JBD, and you got Eric Brandstrom. I know they're very interested in resigning Brandstrom. Um, and, and, you know, he, he looked he looked better at the end of the season. I'm I, I, I'm going to refrain from going any deeper than that. I, I do like the, the individual. I like how hard he works. Um so if you do find a player, you got a guy like Nick Holden, I'm actually pretty comfortable playing Holden and Brandy together. So that's probably where I'm at now. So go for your top four to find a partner for Sanderson on the second pairing, and it'll be an immediate upgrade from what they've had this year. Okay. So here's a, you, do you honestly think the Ottawa Senators are going to sign Josh Norris, Alex Formanton, Matthew Joseph to deals and Eric Brandstrom and still bring in a top six and a top four. You well, they're going to have to trade. They're going to have to make a trade. I, I don't see this. Yeah, but it's the money. I don't see this happening. Well, is Pierre just signaling right now? Like, so is Pierre talking about re-signing Branstrom just to make sure that people are getting the cues, that they, they're very interested and happy with his play? Like, maybe that's part of it, right? Like, they're pumping his tires a little in the media so that other teams are hope, you know, in hopes maybe. that another team might acquire him. I. I Maybe That's a tinfoil hat, but okay, you know, I, I but, but they're gonna have to make a move, Wally. Like they're gonna have to move a player, and I don't know where or who it is yet. But I, you I understand, to, you know. But I, a lot so, of salary. I'm I'm agreeing with you, by the way. I'm not fighting you on that. No, no. I here's I. I want Eric Brandstrom. I think on my team next year. I have yeah. his last 15 games or the time uh, that Thomas yeah. Chabot was. I'm out, agreeing with you. I think he really stepped up. The only issue I have, and I and this hasn't changed, and I still think that this is an issue, is his play defensively and just not well, being strong enough. My I, my issue, my issue, Wally, to your point right there, just and I'm only cutting you off so I don't lose my thought. Think of this objectively as a playoff team going into the playoffs right. next year. I mean, I just saw this great article a couple of weeks ago where someone ran the all the numbers and analytics and heavy hockey wins in the postseason, Yes. Uh, it just does. Yes. Like when you're a bigger guy, especially on D you can have your way with players. It's just the way she goes. And I'm sorry. I know a lot of the people are short Kings out there. They want, they, they really cheer on Branny and Oh, what a great story. You know, he's five foot seven. I can be there and I can do it too. Cause I'm five, seven and I'm going to back him. I get it. That's what it is. All the guys that are ultra vocal online are all our short Kings out there. I've got nothing but respect for you guys, by the way, but won't win you shit in the playoffs it just won't so you need you can have a player like him back there but you better bring in some big boys too that's well, all i'm saying because i'm looking at this group right now wally it is not a physical group i am not i'm if i'm a forward i'm licking my chops 
when I see that decor, especially if they're not going to have Hamannick in the lineup, who, by the way, I thought was much better than I anticipated. I mean, they're going to have some issues. So and I, I'm sure Pierre is aware of that, by the way. I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir. That is not a scary group to play against back there at all. I don't think Eric Brandstrom would be in the playoffs uh, in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, I uh, but you, <laughs> I don't remember you telling me where Travis Hamannick is going to play next year. Where do you have? Uh, yeah, him I don't him? know. I'm so torn on this one. I, I and I'm not going to act like I have an answer because I don't. Like I, he's I, signed, I, so I, he's going to be in the lineup. No, I know, and and so is Delzato, and I didn't even mind Delzato's play. I thought. I thought early on in the season, and I'll be critical if I have to be a little bit here because I thought early on in the season, I thought um, um, Michael's play in the D zone wasn't very good. I thought, and that could just be an adjustment thing. You know, you're on a new team. All of a sudden, it's not a very good team, and they were struggling in net a bit. Their so everything just was seemed atrocious. To go, yeah, so so I can't just put all the blame on, on Del Zotto because I, I, I thought he played pretty well, and like he was lighting it up in the American League, and that does say something. Same with Hamannick. You know, I had my reservations early on and, you know, players talk and you hear stuff from other people and I'm talking current players. Like I wasn't just pulling anything out of my rear. I mean, this is legitimate sources and he proved me wrong too. And that was pleasant. So I, I don't know what the team's going to do with some of these guys. Like I'm looking at Hamannick, Zaitsev and Delzato. I don't know what they're going to do with them. So I'm going to leave that up to the group. I'm not a GM, but um, my job is just to be critical of what's on the ice at the moment and the lineup that they're suiting up and, um, they need to make some improvements. It's the mediocre over the, I don't want to call them over the hill. They're not over the hill. They're in the NHL, but the mediocre guys that are sort of on their last leg. Yeah. I, I would love it if Ottawa got away from signing those players and just bringing in some legitimate NHL players that have some mileage on them. Right. I know you guys always hear me talk about that, bring in some guys that contribute right away that are legit. I, I think. Uh, one of those players, Delzato, would be more than happy to move on, right? Uh, I think there's too much water under the bridge that uh, it would be best off if he wasn't in yeah. the uh. on the roster. And so, which leads me to my point: which of these players, and because we haven't even mentioned uh, a couple of these players, which players currently under contract for next season have we seen play their last Ottawa Senator game? I'm going to give you four players: Matt Murray, Colin White, Nikita Zaitsev. Or Michael Delzato, or all of them. Have we seen them all play their last game? There's no chance, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, Murray, Murray's not going anywhere. Like you know, he's. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to buy him out, so he's not going anywhere. I mean, I'm not even going to try to dissect that. We know he's here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd like to see them part ways with Zaitsev. I think that experiment is over. So I'm just going to lean on this one right now. I think, you know, I don't want to shit talk players like MDZ or Hamannick because they've been around long enough that they deserve that respect. And if they do move on, great. They get an opportunity elsewhere. Um, and they aren't signed to an egregious deal like Zaitsev's. Like Zaitsev's making four and a half million. I mean, he's, 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 he's half a million short of what I was making as a number or as a top pairing D-man. Like it's just, and, and, and people can have a legitimate argument on a nightly basis that he shouldn't be in the lineup. Those are the conversations we're having about the player. I think it's time to move on from him. He was DJ's guy. And I think DJ probably would agree with us. Time to move on. Now, how you get rid of him, Wally, you can tell me. I don't know. Well, that's the problem. People just go, well, just move Matt Murray. And just I know. Move and Colin I'm realistic. White. You can't. You can't move Nikita Zaitsev because you want to. You need someone to take him. And, and I want to be clear. He, he, 
he works like this is a player that I'm not just trying to lump on. Like he works very hard and you can tell that he cares. He takes it seriously. He takes his game very seriously. Yep. It's just, it's just, it's so chaotic. I mean, and I don't know if, I think it's a situation where you have a guy who isn't overly skilled, but he's not a very imposing figure on the back end either. Right. So he has to he has to overwork that much more to play a defensive style that he's attempting to play, and it just creates chaos because he gets beat off the walls. He gets he he gets knocked over when he goes to lay a hit on a player in the corner. I, I mean, I figured that out. I figured his game out because I've got the, the the chance to watch these guys so much this year now. I, I it just he's he's a smaller guy trying to play a big big man game, and it's just not working. Now, if he was better at making plays, if he had better passing ability, more poise with the puck his play would translate better, but it's just not working. Not here. Okay. So let me just say this then about Nikita Zaitsev. One, he's, as you said, he's problem-free, doesn't come with, right? He's just a good professional. Comes, with, He doesn't add Correct. any kind of excitement, but he just, he does his job, at least he yeah. tries to do his job. Yeah. Is there a chance, Mark Mathot, that we are somewhat wrong? And I think of Eric Goodbranson as one of these guys who goes to another team and is suddenly a top four guy and everybody's no. talking well about him. If you no. just put him with a better player, uh, he played with he played, Shabbat. I know, I know he played with Shabbat. What? <laughs> he played he with an all-star. Always, he didn't always play with Thomas Shabbat. Yeah. Is and that, then he was severely exposed more if, so if, than when he was playing with Shabbat. If they had a better system on their blue line, that he no. would be a serviceable top six player. No, no chance. Okay. Okay. No, because um, you know what you bring up. Well, no, no, let me, let me just add really quickly. Cause I don't just want to say, no, <laughs> I want to give you an answer. Like, like, so look at good Branson. Well, what does Goody do that sites doesn't do Goody is a tough son of a bitch. Absolutely. Who is terrifying to play against. I mean, I've seen his fights up, up close, like they're legit. And like, I could be critical of his play with when he's handling the puck. Sure. But he's found a role on a good team on a third pairing. He's, he's, He's been put in a position with a realistic role with realistic expectations, and he's thriving with it. Calgary's a much, much better puck possession team than the Ottawa Senators. So Goody doesn't have to worry about handling the puck or overhandling the puck. Yeah. He just moves it and absolutely punishes people when they're near him. And you're going to see him even more effective and Zadarov in the postseason when they're able to get those big paws on all their these opponents. It's just the way it works. So he's found a role. Zaitsev is not that guy. Zaitsev is a different player. Uh, Last player you didn't mention, and neither did anybody at the presser, I think, in the last two days, Colin White. Colin White is is ignored. He was ignored by, well, even his roommate, Shane Pinto, who listed Pinto, Stutzla, um, and Kostelik, and Pinto, obviously, as the top four, and Norris as the top centers next year. He didn't even mention his roommate. And I understand Whitey's probably a winger at the moment. But there was no yeah. mention from Pierre Dorian, and I don't remember any mention from DJ Smith about Colin. He barely White. played the. He barely played. I know, but he still makes over four million dollars a year. Like he, he, I know. In a normal world, would be mentioned as a significant boost next year when they go. Oh, we're going to have Pinto and White back. We're going to be. This will be a much better team. I'm not convinced that Colin White's not back next year. I think he's in the lineup next year at some point. I think so I don't too. think they move. I, I like Whitey. I don't I know, know that you they do move too. him. Yeah. Like I love the player. I love the individual. I'm a big fan of his because I love his attitude. Attitude is huge. I mean, I can never, yeah. that gets downplayed a lot. Well, you know, like the pundits out there will be like, well, 
you're I'm sick of hearing these people talk about how yeah. good a guy this player is. No, shut up. It makes a big <laughs> difference. Trust me. Now, do you want a team compromised or sorry, filled, I should say, with a lot of good guys? No, I mean, right. That's not the only indicator, you know, for and no. cause for having a player on your team, but he's a glue guy. And if he is not um, hurting your team or hurting your chances of winning a game, then I mean, it's a good now four and a half million. He's, he's a victim of being overpaid, right? Absolutely. So no matter, no matter what we do or say, people are always going to be hypercritical of him because he's making too much money. And that's just Agreed. the way she goes. Right. So yeah, we can all agree on that. I don't know that they're going to be, I mean, look at all the players that we're okay. talking about as far as potential buyouts go. You they're can't... not buying out everybody. Exactly. So you have to keep some of these players. So Colin White is a guy that I'll give the benefit unless you could move him, which I highly doubt you can. Cause now He's making too much money and he hasn't proven that he's that reliable health wise. Okay. They, he needs to, like, this was his year that he needed to just break yes. out and, and just keep and quiet all his critics. Right. He didn't do that. We're allowed to say this because he quite frankly, just didn't do it. So um, now he needs to have a monster summer. If I'm whitey, I am focusing on my nutrition. I am focusing on my training and I'm going to make sure that in training camp, I am one of the fittest players there like it's you if you want to stay in the nhl you have to prove it you have to make changes you have to adjust i don't care but i know you've had bad luck with injuries uh, i'm a fan of you whitey just hit the gym hard man work your tail off this summer come to camp ready to rock okay so we mentioned early on well you mentioned early on that this team isn't very deep uh in the raw on the roster right there's not it's pretty thin so if they have a couple injuries yeah. so this is why I think Colin White remains here. You'd probably agree with me. He's an NHL player. So I think you need to have more depth in your roster. You can't just have it filled full of guys who played two years in the National Hockey League. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah, that's a good, really good point. Like They're, they're going to have some extra bodies for sure. The reason why I'm talking about potentially trading some of these guys is that they've got too much salary locked in with some of these mediocre players. Yes, I agree. I hate call it, I hate calling them mediocre players, but in, in, you know, as far with respect to the salary that some of them are making, it, you know, they're locked in and you mentioned earlier, Wally, right? Like some of the guys they have to sign, they're going to have their hands tied. So if they can shed some of that salary, I know I'm stating the obvious, they're going to have to do it. Now, I don't know how you're going to have to add sweeteners. They've got prospects. They've got picks. They're going to have to make some bold moves. If you want to yep. make that next step, if they want to make that next step as a team collectively, they're going to have to make some bold moves and make a splash. That's the way to do it. Uh, speaking of taking your next steps, how about looking to landscape your front yard, perhaps redo your front <laughs> steps? I always, <laughs> these are always my favorite. I just like your reaction. There's nothing like. subtle. You try to make it subtle, but they're not <laughs> subtle. <laughs> uh, how about looking to do a refresh of the front yard or a complete landscape makeover? Uh, need some landscaping, stone, aggregate, maybe thinking of redoing the driveway. Bonisher Excavating here to help with uh, competitive pricing and all your landscape needs. Give them a call. 613-432-1120 or go to BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Wally, I wanted to, I forgot to add, it's so stupid of me. Again, my notes. I should probably look at them occasionally. I, I just forgetting about notes. I just, yeah, I know. So am I. Uh, the one third buyout with Colin White. How, yeah. how is it that I didn't even think of this? That is the one thing that they have with Whitey right now, right? I know. Like, so do you but not exercise that? Probably. Maybe, but they just, they're not buying everybody out is my point. So everybody goes, well, just I know. buy out so, Zaitsev but, but, and just buy but, out Delzato. We know this team wants to save some money. That's an option. I mean, that's one guy. Okay, that, but, you know, they're not. Yeah. So how many guys do you have in Belleville right now who can be NHL 
players. Well, you got to remember of all the injuries too, Wally, right? So like when they finished the season, Connor Brown was hurt. Shane Pinto was still hurt. Matthew Joseph. Um, so you've right, got but we have bodies. those guys in our, we have those on the roster next year. Those three guys are on our roster. So my point well, is going into the, next the year, roster's full. Ha, no, if you have an injury, how many guys? No, no, are, I understand that. No, no, I understand that. But I'm saying like, you're acting like there's no one left. There's still, there's still plenty. And they've got some other young guys. Now, typically a call-up should be a young player. You're not calling up a 10 year NHL veteran. From I, I understand. But if they have a significant injury through the year, they don't have right now the depth in Belleville to fill out this roster. We've talked about it mm. all year. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. If this is a playoff team, how many of those guys I don't, are- I don't, I don't agree. I, well, I shouldn't say I don't agree. Yeah, you can always have more depth. But like, like this Victor Lodin, for example, like some of these players, you still have Parker Kelly and Gambrell and Gaudette. Like you, you, your bottom six is full. And you're going to have a couple extras as it is when the team is healthy, but I get it. A little more depth never hurts you. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I, I think we're sort of overplaying that right now. I don't think okay. that's going to be a huge issue. I, I mean, I'm just trying to remember that that's assuming they go after. I, I'm saying this yep. with the understanding that they're probably going to go after someone in the summer. So anyway, right. Whatever. So show me those players. Then we'll talk about moving Colin White. Fair um, do we do goaltending? Do we need to even need to get into goaltending? No, we can all listen. I'll do goaltending for you right now in 10 seconds. Forsberg's your number one. Matt Murray <laughs> is going to be flip-flopping with him a little bit, probably. And you're, you're going to have Sogard. Um, okay, tell me. Tell me what they're going to do. <laughs> Here's I, the, I no, love to hear this. The problem is, Matt, that Gustafson's on a one-way contract. So Yeah, and, he, and he'll have to go down. Th- well, so they're saying we're going to bring three guys to camp. Uh, that's fact. But there's no way they're playing three guys on this no. roster all season. They said long. they might. I doubt it though. Because no chance. Just, that's right. going to be a nightmare. How do you, you? How do you? How do you practice that way with three goalies? You like, don't. I don't know. If people have a, people have to. Yeah, like like I've done it before occasionally yeah. when there was like a weird situation going on on a team and like one goalie's got to sit on the bench or be out of the way and then occasionally they'll flip flop with like the backups. So they're, they're not getting reps. It's just not realistic for the season. Maybe it's, for the start. It's bad vibes. It's everything around it. It's just, yeah, it's, it weird. just causes too many issues. So yeah. Dorian said um, in Ian Mendez's article, which is where I took this from, that he told bluntly Gustafson in 2021, quote, you were probably the best goalie to play for the Ottawa Senators. This year, of the three, you were probably the worst. Find a way to get back to being the best. That's a hard comment. And I know you're a professional goalie. That's a hard comment to take as a young guy. Like, Wait, are, was that towards Murray? No, that's towards Philip Gustafson. That's what he, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so those are, yeah, those are some strong words. And Gus is like, what, 22 or 23? Right? So, so yeah. he's now Ooh. got this in the back of his mind. I think they're going to have to move Philip Gustafson. I don't see him being able to clear waivers. Well, I might be wrong because other guys have cleared and you're like, oh, that's, I'm surprised. I don't know that he gets to yeah. clear waivers because goalies yeah. in the National Hockey League are hard to find and you yes, want to pick but, them up, right? But as... But uh, it, no, totally, Wally. And uh, my only point to that is as, fa- as home like fans or rather like an Ottawa Senator fan or any home fan, yeah. you know, we always tend to overplay the value of certain yes. players right before that. We always talk about waivers and oh, is he going to oftentimes yeah. we're overplaying that and they end up going down and teams have yeah. a little less of an idea what they're getting. Anyway, long story short, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those three. But I think with like Matt Murray's not going anywhere. And I do hope 
I do hope that he figures it out this summer. I do hope that he comes back to camp healthy and strong and feeling good about his game. Uh, but right now, this is Forsberg's uh, job. Number one goalie right now is Anton. He's run away with it. And he's just kind of creeping into his prime. I love it. The interesting guys will be guys like Mad Sogard and, and uh, Philip Gustafson. I don't know what they're going to do with those two players because they're, they're making a case to, to play at the NHL level as well at some point here. I, but I don't think Sogard's ready, which is, is fine. No, no. But he's, I, but he's on that trajectory, though. Like, look at him. And he's a sure. mutant. Look how tall he is. Like, I, I love his game. So, Ottawa's got, finally, right? Like, we talked about how bad Ottawa's goaltending has been over the last X amount of years, post-Anderson, et cetera. And now, you're seeing, like, okay, we've got a wealth of, of, of numbers now on the back end and goal. No, you don't. What a great problem to have. This is awesome. You don't. I, I disagree. I oh, don't come think on, those, man. I don't think Philip Gustafson is ready to play in the National Hockey League. And I don't I'm not believe... saying they are. I'm not, I'm not but, saying they are Wally, but they're fantastic American league goalies. Look at them. They're all big okay. guys that move. Well, they cover the net. They're all on the right path. That's a good position to have as an organization. You're not bringing in some journeyman goalie to fill a roster spot. You have them here. Now you're good, this but good I'm thing. not convinced that they're going to be national hockey league backups or regular. Oh, we'll see. Well, we'll see. That time all. will tell. I think, I think, I think you'd be surprised. I, I, I really do believe at least one of those two will figure it out. I mean, they're so young, Wally. Goalies take time. But anyway. I totally agree. That and yeah. no question, it could be years before we see. Yes, you're I right. Mean, look at Anton Forsberg, uh, who was pushed around through waivers and finally, uh, and now yeah. has a arguably. I know you say he's the starter next year. He is. I gotta think that they're going to try whatever they can to get Matt Murray to be the starter. Oh, obviously, obviously. But, but, but if Forsberg keeps playing the way he is, it's his job. Like yeah. he's not losing yeah. it. Like that's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, Matt Murray's making six and a half or whatever, but like at the end of the day, who's going to win you the games. Right. And I think if you're, if, if yeah, anyway, we don't have to elaborate now, much deeper than this. I no, think no. Forsberg's the number one, but the one thing we haven't discussed in, cause Matt Murray is now on his third concussion this year. Plus he's had previous concussions. His health. It's he may right. not have, he may never play. And I, I don't mean Agreed. that in a, like, there's a chance that I don't know that he recovers. Uh, I know he's hoping to, obviously, but the same thing right. happened to Anders Nielsen, uh, had his career end with post-concussion symptoms. I mean, I, like, maybe that's a possibility that Matt Murray um, may not be able to play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and, and I want to make sure, like, I met him a few times there and I saw him. Uh, we did that Molson thing there with the team a couple weeks ago. And I, I met Murr in the hallway. Really nice guy. Yes. Like came up, went out, went out of his way to say hi to me, shook my hand. Like I've got nothing but respect for Murr. I just, like I said, I hope he figures it out this summer. I would love yeah. to have him and Forsberg legitimately battle for a number one spot. Like what a great situation if both are healthy. Matt Murray right now to me, I'm trying to think here quickly through the roster. Might be the one guy I would love to go have whitewater beers with because I think that he has got an amazing probably story to tell over the last couple of years of how life has transpired. Oh, right? yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's lived through it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, we wish oh. him all. We wish him the best. But if we do it, I'm going to use the uh, wham-funky-fresh coupon code and get 15% off. <laughs> oh, you're so, so you're so shameless. I love it. <laughs> all right. By the What's way. What's next? I, if you if you haven't eaten at Whitewater on uh, in, basically in Cobden, oh, it's on, great. Uh, 
it's phenomenal food. We, um, our cottage is just down the road from there. And like, so we'll go and even some of my buddies will head down there. Occasionally we're in there when they're out past Armprior and yeah. in Cobden at the, the location on the water, it's so cool. And they got like nice picnic tables and lights and the food is terrific. So yes, this is good. not some like plug here. Like, well, I guess it is, but, but it's legitimate. We've been there. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, all right. Uh, before we move on to our Stanley cup predictions, I would like you to tell me who was the best player for the Ottawa Senators this year. Oh, now keep in mind, because well, I know that you've always said Thomas Shabbat is your MVP, but he missed 15 games. I think it is. So overall throughout this entire, who is you. your best player? Um, so for me, it's been between, well, it's funny. You, you've started off that way. It, for me, it was between Brady and Thomas Shabbat. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, who between the two do I think, you know, is the best or most valuable player, I should say. No, I've no. always said it was. Sh- I don't want valuable because that's easy for the, you just pick a D. I want yeah. best. I, and <laughs> I by know, the way, well, I think it was Pierre Dorian who said Forsberg was the MVP. Yeah. I so, want the so, best player. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because I said, I have it written down right here. Forsberg for me was in the conversation, yeah. but he hasn't played enough. You're right. He came on strong here with the team after Christmas. In his own right, maybe in the second half, he'd be your guy. Yeah. But I think overall, you look at the whole season, it's got to be Brady. I mean, it just has to be. I'd love to pick some off-the-board random player here, but mind you, there aren't a whole lot to choose from. But, um, you know, I got to give the captain the edge. So 79 games, 30 goals, 37 assists, 67 points, 117 PIMS. Like to me, with the way he plays, that's just so impressive. I mean, I you can't ignore it. You go with Norris, right? You think when you think goal scoring, right? You go, yeah. well, Norris had what 36 or whatever it was goals. Brady's only six behind him. Five. I mean, it's crazy. Like he's right there in the conversation. And yet you would attribute goal scoring only to Josh Norris. Brady Kachuk for me is, is the guy on this team. He's the pulse of the team. Thomas Chabot is right there in the conversation. Um, I don't think Thomas Shabbat has had the luxury of playing with the right players consistently throughout the season. Like Brady has Brady's had the luxury of playing with Josh Norris and Drake Batherson. Thomas Shabbat has not played with Artem Zub all year. Thomas Shabbat has had to literally carry some of these players playing 30 minutes a night, oftentimes injured. So I hate, I hate singling out Brady because Thomas deserves that respect as well. So I'm going to give them a one, two punch. You could flip-flop him if you like, but I'll probably just give a slight edge to Brady just because of the impact he's had on the ice throughout the season. It, it, you know what? Sometimes it's amazing how wrong you can always be. Um, I, I believe I'd it's Tim Stutzla. I think <laughs> over the second half of the year, the best Tim player? Stutzla was the best player. Not even You're out of your question. fucking mind. Oh, my God. I mean, he's great. Tim Stutzla is the player. kind of player that all the kids growing up are going to want to wear his jersey, right? He's exciting. He's dynamic. He's got the baby face. Tim Stutzla is my favorite player. He's so good. Listen, you got to be like, Wally, you're not a kid, okay? You are an adult Ask with my wife. kids She'll the same disagree. age as Tim Stutzla. You have kids his age. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm, there's no denying Tim Stutzla's impact in that second half. I mean, you got you. I think we're forgetting some of the growing pains surrounding him early on in the season that yep. Brady did not have. Brady may have started off a little slow because he missed camp and all that, but like yep. he was pretty good right from the get-go. Tim Stutzla, it took a while for him to get going. And, and then in the second half, he played out of his mind. So 
you know, I'm looking at consistency and I'm not using recency bias. I'm looking at the whole season and I don't appreciate you telling He's, me that I couldn't be more wrong. Listen, I went with the captain. Listen, Tim Stutz have finished second on the team in scoring. He played the same number of games as Brady. Uh, and he's a 22 goal scorer. Like I know, and he's far more skilled, right? So yes, I would expect him to have more points as a centerman with equal opportunity on the power play. But he Come doesn't on. get the same amount of ice time. Now, now, yeah, I agree with you. And and we're probably going to have a different conversation. Sorry, it'll be a different. This may be a different answer yeah. next year. But for now, and I'm not. And I like that you picked Stutzla because it's spicy, and we're having this discussion. And I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> coordinated. But no. Uh, We'll agree to disagree. I, I think it's Brady. You think it's Stutzla. Both fantastic players, and I'm not hating on either of them. Yeah. I, by the way, the last game, Tim Stutzla, I didn't know his goal song was was uh, Duhast Ramstein. I, did they just implement that? Is that a new thing? I'm going to go with yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a huge Ramstein fan. Like, I listen to them in the gym all the time. So, I, shout I've out got to all Tim their Stutzla. albums. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway. So- the only and the reason I say Tim Stutzla, uh, by far the most exciting player, obviously most I think he's most dynamic, is just watching him yeah. evolve yes. in the second half. I like oh for he sure. was just in a so different much, world. So overall, so much that's fun. why I went with him. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you. So much fun to watch. Like, like I've heard people write down, you know, there's been some some takes where he's the he puts fans in their seats or rather gets them out yeah. of their seats, whatever, yes. however you want to word it. I'm agreeing with that. I do think Brady's also that player. But Tim Stutzla in the dynamic sense, whereas Brady's probably more of the mix-up, scrums, fights type of guy. But in any case, both very, very good players. Okay. Here's the – so if you you have your uh, $300 to go to the team store and to buy one jersey of the Ottawa Senators, uh, they're all sold out of the Mark Mathot number three. So which (laughs) jersey – do you pick? Oh, I'm not buying a Mathod jersey. Don't worry. Whenever I see somebody at the games, when they'll come up to me, they'll be wearing one and I'll like thank them. I'm like, thank you for wearing my jersey. Thank you. Um, no, I right now, I'd probably buy a Shabbat jersey. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big, big Shabbat fan. Batherson, too. Like when I'm in this, and I'm saying this because everyone's got a Kachuk and Stitzler jersey. When I'm at the games, and I'm, I'm sitting up there, and you've been to a few this year, Wally. Craig's been to a few as well. I mean, you guys see it. It's just Brady Kachuk everywhere. I'd like to go off a little bit and get something a little different. Shabbat Batherson would be probably my picks. I'm a huge Batherson fan. Yeah, and and Drake, I think, is the choice I would make, too. My son has a Kachuk jersey. Uh, I would probably, uh, if I wasn't so cheap, get a Drake Batherson jersey. That's, <laughs> that's what, And plus, All he's right. a Maritimer. Um, oh, good point. Uh, so, okay. Uh, uh, we'll throw it out here this way. I don't believe your answer is going to change and it has all the rest of the season. But before we get to Stanley Cup odds, do the Ottawa Senators make the postseason next year based on what you know at the moment? No. No chance. <clears throat> and I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I would love to be able to do this show and do TSN stuff in the offseason or postseason. But uh, I just don't know that they're good enough for that yet. I think they're going to be. And it was interesting. I think Pierre made a comment or one of them made a comment similar to what I've been saying for a long time, just be in the conversation. I think if the team is in the conversation going into the spring, it's a success. I just want to see progression. I don't want to see the team take a step back. The team as a whole did not take a step forward this year. The team core wise individually took a step forward. And I think that's probably more important anyway, right? Like, uh, you know, we want to see the team succeed and get better 
incrementally every year. But I think for me, I just wanted to see your young guys get better and then you can build around them. So I think for me, expectation playoffs next year, they're going to be just outside looking in pleasant surprise slash bonus. If they happen to sneak in, but like, look at the teams, look at the teams. They have to leapfrog. I had it written down here. All eight teams had a hundred points, right? Like, right, right. And then, and then, and, but never mind, never mind the fact that teams like Buffalo Detroit are also in rebuilds right now, and yep. they may surprise you next year. I mean, like Buffalo is building around Owen power. He's terrific. He's a real good player. And then like most Mo cider, Mike Calder choice. Oh, yeah. Detroit's building him, uh, building around him. They're good. They're going to be Lucas a good team Raymond. and they're offensive. They can score goals. So, I mean, you got to think they're going to be bad. Otto is going to be battling against all these teams. I'm not saying that all these teams are going to be better. I'm just saying nothing's going to be handed to them. And I really yep. do see them falling somewhere around like 10, maybe 11 in the East. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're pretty right. Spot like, on like, that. Is that, is yeah. that fair? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you're probably thinking the same thing. Well, I don't know which there's probably going to be one of those eight teams that are in the postseason that doesn't make it next year. Right. That's yeah, always the but, case. And, and Wally, I, and I'll ask you this because I'm yeah. looking at them too, right? Like I'm looking at a team like Boston, Washington, people, it's the, the same thing, right? Well, they're getting a little old now yeah. and I'm not disagreeing with that, but are, are like players like Marsha and Bergeron just going to fall off the map ne next season? I mean, unless they're injured, I don't see it happening. Same with Washington. Ovi, Ovi just seems to play through just about anything every year. So yeah. who do you think is going to drop off? Like, I, I don't, I don't see it. Well, that's, that's just it, know. right? Like is it Pittsburgh? Right. I don't know. We every we keep counting Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pitt's another year. good example, but it, you can't write off City Crosby and Malkin. Like they're just no. the, the the their leadership ability alone. They make everyone so good. I, I we'll see. I I'm I'm open to it, but I really do see them. I think you're agreeing with me, right? Like 10, yeah, yeah. 11, yeah. maybe nine. I just don't yeah. know who they bump out if they were to get yeah. into the postseason. I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it should be if they can get off to a good start that we talked about, it should be an interesting year to say the least. Right. Um right. All right. On to our Stanley Cup round one predictions brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Uh, the most competitive live daily odds. They have all the odds up there, obviously, because they start tonight. But um, go there, check them out, and see just the odds. Now, there are a couple of interesting ones. Uh, the Colorado-Nashville game is a complete one-sided affair where Colorado is minus 500 and Washington's plus 345. What a um, The spread is crazy. Is, Meth, is there any chance that Colorado doesn't get out of round one? There is a chance, but I have Colorado winning in six. That's my pick. Okay. Um, you know, best team in the West. Problem is they've had injuries. They've been dealing with some injuries. Landis Gog is a question mark. Um, he's probably, I mean, other than McKinnon, he's probably the pulse of the team. He's the clear-cut oh, leader. Sure. Um, you know, I, the thing that I like about Colorado, though, is and what makes them so freaking dangerous is they're just so balanced offensively. Like they get production from a lot of players. So they have through their four lines, a ton of balanced scoring, but like Ranton and McKinnon, Landis Gog, all over 30 goal seasons. Like yeah. they're just, they've got so many weapons, never mind the back end with Taze and Makar. I think the X factor for me has been their goalie too. I mean, with Kemper and 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 not only that, but like with Nashville, they've had they've had issues in goal. They've had inconsistencies with Riddich and Saro. So I, I, I like, I'm not going to go any deeper. That's a, probably enough information that Sens fans want to hear. I've got Colorado in six. Who do you have? 
Well, so and Soros was hurt down the stretch. I and That's I meant I mean. to look it up if he's back or not. And I apologize. The two of them combined is a is over three goals a game average between him and Riddich. So they're they're going to let some goals in. I I have a one of the issues I have is I watched Ottawa be a Presidents Trophy winner and struggle in the playoffs. You saw Tampa roll through the regular season, and then all of a sudden they hit Columbus, and they have this record-setting season, and they're swept. At one point, there's going to be an upset in this first round. I like you've got Roman Yossi and head to head with. You I think guess, that upset McCarr. is the Stanley? Like we're talking about a Stanley I know, Cup winner. I know. Here. I am I'm, I'm on the fence here. I want to yeah, lean towards a... Colorado, but there's going to be some upset. It could yeah, be... but it ain't that serious. It ain't but that, Nashville plays too... a heavier game. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I I don't think they're good enough. I mean, come on. Like we're talking about Colorado. They're arguably the best team in the league outside of maybe Florida. But even then you can make yeah. an argument. So I yeah. just don't see it happening. Colorado, Colorado in seven. Okay. Okay. Did you just like come up with that on the spot? Yeah. It I have like not just, written okay. anything down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All Let's I wrote move down on to the next series. Who's then. playing who? All right. So, uh, so what we'll do Wally, Wally, yeah. we don't need to go super in depth with all of them. I'll, I'll give you some the rest good of them details with, the spicy series, like yeah, the good yeah. ones, the obvious ones, I'll give you some info, but then yeah, otherwise we'll, we can brush through the others. We'll just finish off the, the West here. Calgary uh, against Dallas, who's the wild card spot number one. So yeah. again, it's a pretty big spread. I don't think there's any issue for me. It's Calgary probably in five. Yeah, I got Calgary in six only because yeah. I love the way Dallas has been playing and I'm a little, little partial. You know, I've lived there, played there. I love the team, but you know, the storyline for me, it's simple in that series. It's Kachuk. And um, I want to say a guy like Jamie Ben too. I mean, he's going to be an option. Sure. Then, of course, they've got Robertson and uh, Hints, and they've got Pavelski. They've been very good this season. So it'll be interesting, but Colorado's just – or excuse me, Calgary's just so good. They're so deep and heavy, and that back end is imposing. I'm going to go with Colorado – or excuse me, I keep saying Colorado. I'm going to go with Calgary <laughs> in six. I know you move want on. Colorado to win. I know it. Just uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Minnesota, St. Louis um, – Minnesota comes in as the higher seed uh, sports interaction thinks that they're going to win this one. What do you yeah. think? I um, This is an interesting one. Cause I had St. Louis winning in six. And then I talked to a couple players and one in particular was like, no, I think Minnesota is going to win that one and right away. I'm thinking like, Oh God. Okay. What have I done wrong? <laughs> but I'm sticking with my pick. Um, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going with St. Louis in six. That would have been for me. There's two upset series. Yep. And it's the Pittsburgh series and the Minnesota series. You can't tell but me I'm Pittsburgh saying, yet. Well, no, but I, but but I'm not I'm not saying that I'm going with Pittsburgh. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. to me in the entire. Anyway, I'm going okay. with St. Louis and six. St. Louis and six. I want Minnesota yeah. to win this one. I think they those fans deserve it. Uh, yep. Minnesota in seven. In that, I like that pick. I do. Uh, finally, it's Edmonton, L.A. I there's like there is this. no chance I, like I am taking the Edmonton Oilers because they don't do anything exciting for me. So I still, while they are a minus two fifty on this one, I think it's LA. I'm I'm going. With what? Oh my god, that is going to be such a cold shit take. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've got Edmonton in six. I want to make sure it was in six because I've that there's reasoning behind these numbers. Yeah, I know they like, played well down the stretch. I know when they had the yeah, change and and, and 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 like listen, and Mike Smith is healthy. They've they've actually figured out their goaltending to a degree. But I mean, this is their third straight year, right? So they're hungry. They have something to prove. Nah. And like you know, there's pressure on McDavid and Dryside to figure this out. And so for the challenge for me, 
is that they're facing two defensively sound centers. You're looking at a guy like Phil Deneau, Anze Kopitar. Yeah. They're very good two-way players. That'll be a concern. That is another series that another player, current player, told me the team might put up some fits towards Edmonton. LA is a team that could cause fits. Um, but then you look at the season series, Edmonton took a 3-1. Like they, they were fairly soundly better than, um, than LA. So goaltending will be a big factor, but I think with me and Edmonton and how motivated they are and even their back end, there were question marks there. Even CC's figured it out a little bit. They've got some, some veteran presence on the back end. I like Edmonton. No, until Edmonton can show me that they can do it. I, I can't pick them. I just think that they rely too much on two big stars, which is fair that they don't yeah, have the depth. That's fair. That's fair. It. But that's how they're built. Right. And, and, yeah. and if those two big stars are on their games, look out. Like in math, I watch the Sens dominate the Leafs every year in the regular season, win like all four or six meetings, and then lose them every time in the playoffs. I don't know that yeah. the regular season matters anymore. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. All right, moving on to the East. Let's start with the President Trophy winning Florida Panthers taking oh. on, which seems weird, the Wild Card number two spot, Washington. Yeah, this is a huge uh, spread. Obviously, Florida minus three thirteen, Washington plus two thirty three. Uh, yep. I, this isn't even close to me. I think. It's a five-game series with Florida. Oh, wow. So no respect for, for Washington, huh? No, none. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to keep this one fairly quick then because, I mean, the Panthers had, what, 122 points or something ridiculous this season? So I'm gonna, I've got Florida in six only because Washington is experienced. Now, if they were a little more green, I'd probably take, I'd probably take Florida in five. But I, I, I really do think that – Florida right now with their goaltending might hurt them a little bit. Bobrovsky's been a little inconsistent. Yes, he's been yep. pretty good toward the end, Agreed. but I, I just I see that as a question mark. I do. Um, is Ekblad returning? I mean, if they have him back in the lineup and even anything close to healthy with that back end with players like Sherratt, Weger, and Forsling, where they all fall back down into their proper positions, yep. that makes that's deadly. And then um, you know, obviously we know their forward group. I'm not even going to go off on them. Um, and they have, but the biggest thing aside from their superstars, and when I say their superstars, Huberto, Barkov, Reinhardt, I'm looking at their depth scoring. Duclair, Verhegis, Bennett, uh, Marchman, Lundell all had over 40 point seasons. Like they're just, they're so deep. So yep. I'm going to go with Florida. This is a no brainer, six games. The only issue, Meth, uh, that I may have in this is that Florida hadn't had or hasn't had any kind of, uh, struggles this year right everything was just really easy for the most part yeah they lost three yeah, in sure. a row but they didn't really have sure. a whole lot to deal with sometimes you yeah. get into the postseason without having had any of that stuff you struggle a little but yeah well you're I, right but we'll you can't see. you can't that's that's a projection right like based yeah. off of what we have right now and the data we have right now i mean you, it's to me it's like florida and colorado are those two teams right from the respective yep conferences it's 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 up to them whether they want to win or lose these games right so anyway uh, all right so uh the rangers and pittsburgh it's really even uh if there's i know, I know this is a this is a tough one this is right, one so of the, the ones i was talking to you about right so the rangers are favored but minus 104 pittsburgh's minus 116 it's basically flat so yeah uh experience boy, I, I, in pittsburgh uh youth and emergence in new york and then uh, the, the deal breaker is the goaltending, right? Right. Sturkin, like, come on. So you like he's you legit. Like we're talking Vezina. He's the Vezina winner this year. People probably, are talking about the right? heart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if he continues his play, 
with the depth that that team has, I always talk about depth. I mean, I feel like all these teams are deep, but I really think with them, I'm going to give them the edge goaltending being the X factor. Um, for me, Wally, I'll let you tell me your pick right after I got New York in six. I, I, I want Mika Zibanejad to do well, uh, our good friend. And so I'm going to take the Rangers. Okay. Do they, do right. they force it to seven? I, I, I think it might, you can seven. make an argument. Yeah. yeah, you can make. There's an argument to be had there for sure, but this is all this is all bullshit. Like picking winners. No, is we one know. Thing. We know everything. No, no, no. But I'm not saying we don't know everything. Like, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> picking the winners. That's you know you've got information to work with, but like when it comes to the games, I mean it's it's a crapshoot really. Oh, Anywhere yeah. from five, five, six, and seven, you're just rolling the dice. There's yeah, no I real totally science agree. behind it. Yeah. So uh, Carolina, Boston. It's Carolina's the favorite in this one. Boston's a wild card number one. I. Yeah. Boston concerns me because of they just will fight and claw their way through this. I'd like yes. to see Carolina win. I will take a Carolina victory in this one. So, but okay, how many six games? So I had Carolina in six as well. Yeah. But the question mark is Freddie Anderson. I mean, this guy. Yes, hasn't he hasn't proven that he can win in the postseason? Like, I'm sorry, he's yeah. been pretty bad in the postseason, and now he's hurt. Like. Is he, he's got the postseason flu or something, right? Like he just doesn't <laughs> want to be the guy. So yeah. that's, I was very reluctant to pick Carolina here. Boston is a team that just knows how to win and they yeah. step up. I'm starting to think I want to change my pick, but I'm going to stick with Carolina only because they're just so deep up front. Um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to stay. And Carolina is a hard building to plan there for whatever reason it just is. So I got Carolina at six, sorry, Boston fans. I want to pick Boston, but I just think Carolina is going to be too much. I, I agree. Boston's a tough out though, boy. Um, okay. Finally, yeah. cause this will go well. I'm assuming, uh, Toronto, Tampa, mm. I, listen, now this is the same thing with Edmonton for me. So I'm going to go first. So Toronto's the favored, uh, minus minus one thirty, Tampa plus a hundred. The two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, I might add. It's for me, until Toronto can prove that they're not a first-round exit, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning all day long, and not because Nick Paul is one of my favorite human beings. I am taking the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one with Andre Vasilevsky in goal, not Jack Campbell, uh, to be the victors in this one. I, it may go tight. If it goes seven, there's no chance for Toronto. I'm going to say it's six games with Tampa. Wow. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, they play soft, Matt. They are the softest playoff team in the postseason. Uh, yeah, well, okay, so so that's the question then. Can can Toronto just pull it together this year? Right. I I do think I gotta say this. I do think Kyle Dubas has done a great job putting this team together. I mean, you know, you're building a team, you win the president. Did they win the president's trophy last year? Year before? No, year before. They were right up there. Weren't they one of the best teams? No, no. During the bubble, they were the best team in the bubble. Doesn't really mean very much, obviously, because yeah. they were just Canadian teams. But in any case, I think he's put together a very competitive team. The question mark, obviously, will be team toughness, maybe. Yeah, and the defense. Biggest question mark is goaltending. I legitimately think this is Tampa's series to lose. I have Tampa winning in seven, only because Toronto is pretty deep especially in scoring and austin matthews is it's undeniable he's had 60 goals i just don't think this is going to be toronto's year i think they've been dealt a very bad hand bad luck facing the the tampa bay lightning in the first round i don't see it either i don't see them coming through um i'm going to be cheering nightly against them 
Um, I don't think they stand a chance in hell to be, to win this series. It's going to be very close. Obviously I got them in seven or Tampa in seven, but I mean, guys, like I'm looking at players like Mitch Barner, uh, for example, I mean, Austin Matthews will only be as good as Mitch Marner plays, right? Mitch Marner, the disher, finding the open ice, creating space for Matthews. I don't see it happening. I think Vasilevsky's going to be a monster. I think Toronto's going to get absolutely waxed. I, I don't argue with you because um, no. I, the only point I argue is, is Toronto got bad luck. If you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you got to go through the best regardless of what round No, I know, but when but, you're but playing a you two-time like, Stanley Cup champion back-to-back yeah. -back years, you got to kind of scratch your head a little bit and be like, well, how did this just happen? So this couldn't happen to a better team. I am happy that Toronto is facing two-time Stanley Cup champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think, I think you're going to see a lot of crying after a couple games. I think you're going to see a lot of excuses. I think you're going to see a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf flags being torn off the vehicles that are driving up and down the streets that we're seeing around the city. It's going to be pathetic. Anyway, the point is, I've got Tampa winning this series. It's a no-brainer. And the epic Toronto Maple Leaf collapse that we're about to witness is going to be glorious. <laughs> Listen, Kyle Dubas is about to stop following me on Twitter if you continue to say these. No, I like Kyle. Kyle's a good dude, and I, you know, I'm obviously having fun. But yeah, yeah. I, I do find the fan base incredibly annoying and obnoxious. I do. I don't have any time for them at all. Okay, so what happens if Toronto wins? Are you going to apologize? No, I'm just going to say, well, I, we expected them to win. They should have won that series. <laughs> So it's not on me, right? Like I, I'm always right, no matter what the scenario, as you know. So, yeah. So there's no way for me to be wrong in this case. It's just okay. a matter of, you know, if, if they win the series, they did what they were supposed to do and, and good for them. But are you kidding? I mean, if they do happen to get by, they're going to get, they're going to get rinsed at some point, whether it's now <laughs> or in the next series. Okay. Uh, last question. Um, well, let's just handle some awards before we get, uh, you already said that you think, Morris Sider is the Calder Trophy winner for the season. Uh, I do. There's Michael Bunting, uh, Zegras, yeah. uh, Lucas Raymond, if you will. Um, his numbers, his numbers are just too good for a defenseman. And I've watched him play. He like he looks like a 10 year NHL veteran. Like I don't see a rookie in right. his play, and he's physical. Yes, give it to a defenseman. He's, give it to a D man. So I know because it's the, I know you're partial to the D. I want Trevor Zegras to win it because I think he's the most exciting thing to be in hockey in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think he's great for the game, too. I just don't want him to win it. I want to see a defenseman win it. Uh, I, my pick is Trevor. I know Trevor Zegers isn't going to win it, but he would be my pick. Uh, the Norris okay. Trophy. And the only reason, this is arguably the hardest, I think, of all the trophies to be picking right now. <laughs> Flip it's clearly between McCarr, Kale McCarr, and Roman Yossi. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, and it was I mean, Kale I, McCarr's at the beginning of the year. For the first half of the year, nobody said anything about anybody else. And then yeah, Roman well, Yossi went had, on a tear. And I've seen, I've seen different takes from like legitimate analysts and, and like people flip-flopping a little bit. <sighs> I, I watched Roman play when they came to Ottawa based on that game alone. It made me very unsure because oh. he's not, he's not super dynamic. Like we, when you watch a player like Kale McCarr, you go, wow, like he can get you out of your seat with some of the plays he makes kind of like Eric Carlson when he was in his prime, like his dynamic ability from a standstill position to spin off a player, take four steps. And he's already, he's already lost the man, right? Like that's what Kale McCarr can bring to the game. Roman Yossi 
for me right now, it's the points, it's the poise, it's the patience with the puck. Like he's really good at doing that and slowing the play down. I mean, the, the four points short of a hundred at 96 was very impressive it's and undeniable. Crazy. So I know on the broadcast weeks ago, I picked Roman Yossi. I, I still, I'm going to stay with that just because you're four points shy as a defenseman into in modern day NHL post salary or current salary cap era. Like I just, I, I, I don't know how you, uh, I, you can flip a coin, but I'm going to go with Roman Yossi because of the points. I'll, I'll stop kind of tiptoeing around it. That's why yeah. I'm picking him. I, um, for me, it's Roman Yossi. It's not even close. Yeah. The point total is yeah. one thing, but I just think, he controls the game like the Nick yes, Lidstrom's we used to talk about all the time, right? It's it's slow and it's not slow. It's it's just very meticulous and composed methodical. and and yeah, methodical. That thank you. And that's and and he has and he's not playing on a team like Colorado either, right? Like like look at the players that he's played with. Look at the team. Like he's basically carried Nashville into the postseason. Like basically, right? I know no not he's not not alone. There's other great players in the team, but he's done the job mostly on his own. So to me, that speaks volumes. Matt Duchesne will argue with you. Um, no, I know. I know. I, I, I know. Just, There's other players. Forsberg yeah, yeah. is another, but he's I mean, uh, 100 points. So league MVP. And this is the first year, Matt, that I can think of. There's just name after name being thrown out there, right? It seems like it's not a one-two type. Like Matthews, McDavid, Huberdeau, Johnny Goudreau yeah. even, although that's not one for me. Uh, right. Roman Yossi has been mentioned. Uh, and Igor Shesterkin, the goalie. Wow. Like, where do you f- pick the guy? Do you pick the guy that led the league in points? Is it the, like, well, I'm not sure where you go. Yeah, this one pains me, Wally. This one pains me a lot. I'm going to probably have to go with Austin Matthews. I mean, <laughs> 60 goals. I mean, you just, how do you like, that is so impressive. I don't know. I don't care who you are. Like, yeah. And I love, love McDavid. Um, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the players that have been spoken of and, and, and thrown into the mix and into the conversation. But I, I think for me, 106 points, you know, you're looking at a player that has accomplished something that I don't know what the numbers are. Not very many have done. <laughs> so no. to me, 60 goals. There's your answer. It's a, the conversation is over. Give it to him this season. He's deserved it. He's put up the numbers. Uh, just quickly, Austin Matthews became the first 60 goal scorer in a decade and the first U.S. born player to hit the mark. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's it. That says the story right there. And that, uh, I think it's disingenuous to go against that. Yeah. I, I, and for me, you know what? I agree. I think it is Austin Matthews one. He's dynamic, but two, like you j- 60 goals coming off of the year. We just had going through the COVID stuff. Like it's an impressive feat. There's no question about it. Uh, he would yeah. be my guy, but it's funny. We just yeah. look at Connor McDavid as an afterthought. I know, I know. I know. Well, that's, that's the power of scoring goals. Right. And, and yeah. McDavid, I don't know. What was it? I don't know. Was it his, I, excuse me. I don't know what his numbers were after Christmas, but it feels like I saw him a lot less on the highlights, you know, every yes. day, but I know, I know he's still a terrific player. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's weird player to watch. Like, like if I, if you're going to ask me which player to go watch, like if the Edmonton Oilers are playing on any given night or the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing, I'm going to go watch McDavid because I want to watch him play the dynamic speed an ability to handle the puck with that speed and some of the moves he makes are just mind blowing. So, yeah. you know, I think he's a more exciting player to watch, but Austin Matthews, excuse me, with the goals this year is undeniable. Got to go with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I, l- last point I want to ask you about as it, cause you're a D man. This is the highest scoring season in 26 years with an average of 6.3 goals per game. 
Um, 17 players scored 40 or more goals, the most in 26 years. Crazy. Um, that includes nine players who hit the mark for the first time. 137 players have scored 20 plus goals, the most in NHL history. Uh, 102 hat tricks were scored. Why is goal scoring up so much this year? It can't just be that you're not allowed to cross check the guy in the back in front of the net. There has no, to be another reason. There's, there's, well, I think, I think you're just seeing the league, the game itself evolve from when they've changed the rules to where they're at now where it's younger there's so much speed everybody's skilled like there's so much more skill in the game right. now than there was like you're looking at some of these players on third lines fourth lines even and there's some legitimate guys that can score goals mix that in with the officiating firmer on um, infractions as far as like holding sticking penalties all that stuff like they've made adjustments yeah. and you got to give the league credit for that they've they're not shy to tweak the rules to, to better the game over the years. Like they're constantly evolving. They're mm -hmm. not, they're not stuck in their ways. They have the foresight to understand that, you know, goal scoring, it makes this game more exciting and, and you're seeing it now. So, like I said, a combination of players coming into the NHL, far more skilled. Um, look at the decors around the league. I mean, they're not as big and imposing anymore. They're not as difficult to play against at net front. As you mentioned, yep. that is not the only reason, but it's certainly part of it. So players have more time and space. Factor in they're more skilled, better shots, better shooting, better equipment. I mean, it's going to continue at this pace probably. It's a less physical uh, sport oh, for sure. God, but the speed sure. of it, it's so Look much better. Brady. Look at guys like Brady right now, right? Like they're out there having their way and they look like absolute heavyweights. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's and that's not me acting like some old head that's reminiscing on the old days. I was not a tough guy by any means. Uh, but you're just, you're just seeing it now, right? Like we're these players, these types are, are far and few. And the guys that would fight all the time, they're slowly becoming more and more extinct. They're just yep. not in the NHL anymore. Like you're you think of a tough guy. Now there aren't a lot of them. There's maybe a handful in the NHL. So the game's evolving. It's evolving for the better and there's more scoring and I'm all for it. Eight players have collected a hundred plus points. That's the most in Crazy. 26 years, six of those players uh for the first time and four by the way haven't turned 26 years old yet uh Wild. it is certainly a young man's game but it is fun to watch uh -huh. like and it's been a fun season i i've yeah. this has been an exciting year with all the goal scoring with the play of young players with trevor zegras trying to start something a little more exciting i think you're seeing it throughout the league it's been fun at least it excites me to watch this game for a few yeah, years it was like this game is dull and boring and people are turning away yeah, no, it's, it's, it's getting a lot better. And I'm, um, I'm happy that it's evolving that way, Wally. Cause I know with my kids, I'm going to want them to play and knowing that they're, you know, more focused on headshots. Yeah. Now there's less nonsense, less bullshit as far as expecting players to fight. Like when I came into the NHL, that was always the expectation. So it's evolving for the better. We can all agree on that. I'm excited to see how it you know goes forward, particularly with Ottawa. You'd say it's less of a gong show, uh, by the way, you could go to gongshow.ca and get your Wally Mathot gear. Uh, they have all the latest fashion. Plus, they have, I don't know if you get this in time, they've got Mother's Day gifts uh, you can get there with hockey mom hats and T-shirts, plus the new spring line is out. Uh, go see their collaborations. Gongshowgear.ca for all your hockey apparel needs. Uh, finally, Math, uh, before we go, Stanley Cup winner. Who is going to win the Stanley Cup this season? <laughs> Why don't you go first? Gives me a, a minute to maybe change my decision. 
Oh, see, and normally it would have been Colorado and I would have been, would have just been clear cut for me. I want to see Florida win, but it's going to be someone we don't expect is what I think. So I'm going to, yeah, here's where I'm going out on a limb. Ah, this, I didn't even give this any thought. The New York Rangers will be the 2022 Stanley cup champions. Wow. You're going to look like Nostradamus. If you get this right, Wally, that's not at all, at all what I had in mind. Um, I hate picking obvious ones. So, you know, Colorado would have been an option for me, I think at some point, but I like Tampa. I do like Tampa. I think if Tampa moves on, I think if Tampa moves on beyond Toronto, they're in the conversation at all, but I have to pick one and I got to stop tap dancing around this. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Calgary flames. It's not a bad call, right? They play heavy. You know what? I'm going to go with Calgary because I want to cheer for a Canadian team. I liked, so the three teams that I do like, as I just mentioned, I like Tampa. I like Florida. Maybe, okay, maybe out of fourth, I like Colorado, but Calgary to me is the dark horse yeah. that I think people are sort of ignoring right now. So I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. Yeah. They were my second choice. Good call. There you go. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll see in two months how this all plays out. Uh, okay. See you, pal. Bye.